reason that we kind of fell into this is because it's our friends, people our own age, who came to us and asked questions and needed that help. And so it's basically people like us who are having that one issue that we can help them with. And once they get past the tech hurdle, then they can just take off in their business. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark big or small is creating a legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age with energy and deep contentment. (laughs) Zestful Aging Podcast is my legacy, and I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. Find out more about this podcast in my web courses and my brand new book, Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer. Just hop on over to ZestfulAging.com. While you're there, you can sign up for my monthly email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and some of them are blunders and other fun tidbits. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more about her at judybanker.com. And you know who I've got right next to me, my little loyal Jack Russell Sparky. I just gave him a haircut and boy, you can tell I'm not a professional groomer, but he is as always right by my side. So let's begin. We have a great interview for you today. The number of Encore entrepreneurs, that is people starting a business in the second half of life is really rising due to a variety of factors, including COVID. But for some, the technology necessary to master video blogs and podcasts is overwhelming. Today, we're going to speak to the co-hosts of Messages and Methods podcast, whose focus is on teaching the tools necessary to become an Encore entrepreneur. Shelly and Toby help other Encore entrepreneurs master the technology necessary to produce live stream video, podcast episodes, and blogs all at the same time so they can achieve visibility and credibility in the online marketplace. Welcome to the show, Toby and Shelly. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you very much. We really appreciate you, your invitation to your show. Oh, great. Well, I was on your show and there was just a lot we had to talk about. And I feel like we could have gone on and on and on. <laughs> um, and I, I think you cover, you have a real niche, is in my view, where a lot of people are are teaching how to master video, blogs, podcasts. You can go to YouTube and find those. But I love that you're really focusing on midlife and older folks who are not native techies, right? I mean, is that a fair fair statement? That's a fair statement. Uh, and I believe that the reason that we kind of fell into this is because it's our friends, people our own age, who came to us and asked questions and needed that help. And so it's basically people like us who are having that 
one issue that we can help them with. And once they get past the tech hurdle, then they can just take off in their business. But but I, I'd like to add that uh, I'm always surprised at how far along they are technologically. And it's kind of the nature of the last 20 years where we have been required uh, to learn more about how our smartphone works, to learn more about um, uh, um you know, having video conferences or teleconferences. Oh, right. So Especially now, right? You have to learn you, Zoom or you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, exactly. It would have been, for example, uh, if I use my mother as an example, it would have been very difficult because of her generation to make that transition. But I'm a boomer and I, the boomers that I run into are at least aware of the existence of the technology. They may not have familiarity <laughs> with it, you know, but uh, but they have an interest and they're willing to explore the options. I see. So they're curious and, and they may think, hey, I know that this machine can do really cool things. I just don't <laughs> know quite how to make it. Do you know, and I think it's really hard. And I know you guys really appreciate this, but as somebody who obviously has a podcast and as a boomer myself, and, you know, I highly motivated to learn this stuff, it is really complicated and the darn stuff changes every single day it, it seems i know that's not exactly accurate but i remember like going on facebook and say okay you know i'm going to run some facebook ads and then literally you know wait a minute this isn't the same thing i was looking at mm -hmm. a few weeks ago now what's what, you know it just it's it just it's always like the everything's constantly moving. Is that is that accurate or is that just my perception? That's totally accurate. Every time Windows does an update, something is affected. And uh, sometimes we have to start over. For instance, a couple of weeks ago, Windows did an update and our editing, our video editing program stopped working the way it had been working. So we had oh, to uh, find a fix for that. Now, uh, Toby and I have a lot of experience in this, so we can find a fix. It still takes us a, an hour or so, but people who have no real familiarity with uh, the changes that can occur uh, just because of a Windows update, then they are just totally stymied and, and they need that troubleshooting help, which we can provide. And, and in addition to that, you're looking at three layers of technology. The first layer is the hardware layer. And we've gotten to the point where we can make recommendations in terms of hardware that will last you several years. You know, you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier before the show started about your investment in a particular kind of microphone. That microphone will be useful to you for uh, several years. The second layer of technology is what we refer to as integration, making all the pieces work together uh, so that they sound uh, like th there's no issues with them. And then the third layer of technology is the utilization of applications. We don't we don't often recommend people using their smartphones. We ask them to use their computers uh, and the applications that are available to them. And I think that's the most, the, that area, the application layer is the most mm -hmm. difficult 
because you may use three or four or five different applications mm-hmm. uh, in terms of mm-hmm. your work and they're constantly changing. So what mm-hmm. Shelly and I do is make sure that the applications we recommend uh, are, are based upon our experience with those applications, how they're changing, uh, what each of the applications are doing. We just had an application that we've been using for over a year now. They were purchased by, um, can Ooh. I mention names? That's fine with me. All right. So the application was called Vidnami. It was a very Mm -hmm. useful application, very different from other applications. It was acquired by GoDaddy, and Mm -hmm. they're going through a period, six-month period of integration into the GoDaddy uh, studio suite. So we're not going to have this application that we've counted on for a couple of Mm -hmm. years now for Mm -hmm. six months. And we had to go looking for alternatives. And of course, looking for those alternatives gives us the opportunity to advise our clients what to do in the meantime as well. Good. You're learning and then you can teach. You know, even something as silly as Canva, if people don't know it, mm-hmm. it's a graphic. Um, it, there's parts of it that f- that are free and you can buy the pro thing. Yeah, I, I logged on the other day to do my uh, uh, graphic and, you know, they're like, oh, now we're offering you this new thing and, and it's all different. And I, I just said, no, <laughs> you know, because it's time, right? It's like, okay, where I used to make a graphic like this and it would, um, I'm, you know, so accustomed to it. Now I have to learn a new system. And I think that, you know, people face real frustrations and they just give up and they say, I had an idea, but if it's going to, you know, cause this much frustration, um, forget it. I'll just do something else. And Um, and that's why we try to stay up to date on all the available applications when it comes to uh, live streaming, uh, podcasting, and blogging. And we can make those recommendations comfortably. And of course, we also offer a membership uh, to our clients so that um, on a regular basis, we get together and we can inform them of changes in the applications that we've recommended, uh, mm-hmm. as well as what they can expect in terms of new applications. Uh, and a good example is we had been using the same live streaming application for about a year and a half. And then we found a new one. We tested it for three months using them side by side, basically, and made the transition. So now, what we recommend now would not have been what we recommended three months ago. And that's because we have the experience and the Mm -hmm. testing that went along with it to come to that conclusion. Yeah, and the time, yep, yep. (laughs) Tell me some stories about typical uh, customers that you might have, encore entrepreneurs that say, you know, I have this idea, I wanna, you know, promote it, and I have no idea how to do that. Could you give me some? Examples of that or some some stories that sort of stand out in your mind? Yeah, they stand out because they're people our age and friends. Why don't you talk about coffee? I'll tell her about Janet. All right. Well, about uh, March of last year, 2020, when everything went into lockdown, we have a friend who is a doctor and a professor. He was a professor at UNM uh, in the uh, emergency med- medicine field, and he wanted to do a live stream to get the word out, to get information out, to answer people's questions, and uh, just provide medical knowledge to the to to the world who needed it, right? So, uh, and he 
was going to go live on Facebook and his wife is a Facebook friend of mine. And I saw that they were having some issues on Facebook. She was posting about it. So I reached out to her and I said, let's do this uh, together. We can help you because this is an important cause. So for uh, the next year, we supported Dr. Brown in his efforts to get out the information about the coronavirus and and uh, all of the all of the myths that had been passed around and what was true and what wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And then after about a year, we felt like um, things were under control a little bit. So he switched gears. He decided he wanted to interview other experts that he met through his work at UNM, and so. Uh, he's been bringing in a guest once a month, and we uh-huh. uh, support him in that. He all he has to do is schedule the guest, and they show up, and then we provide the uh, the online studio for them so that they can talk about their topic. They can just get into their conversation and not have to worry about all of the ex- additional technology. Uh, so that's helped him to realize a dream of sharing his medical knowledge with the world and continue to grow and explore by, uh, as he's retired in the last uh, six months, he gets to continue to explore uh, new topics and uh, delve deeper into topics he's got a great interest in. And we call him a legacy live streamer because he's not in it for uh, a business as much Mm -hmm. as he is just sharing knowledge. That's uh, a beautiful another- story. Yeah, I was just going to say, I really appreciate getting the tech help and having someone do the nuts and bolts so you can focus on interviewing because Toby and I had this discussion on his podcast. Uh-huh. You know, it's not like you're just chit-chatting. It, it, there's skills involved. There's real focus and attention. And it's really hard to do an interview, I, I believe, well, when you're like, oh, my goodness, I hope the tech, you know, oh, I'm getting in, oh, my internet's down, you know, like this. It just, it's, I would say it's almost impossible to do a good job when you're worried about the tech stuff. And, and that's exactly what makes us so valuable to him. We are not experts in uh, contemporary medicine, but he is, and the people that he brings on the program are, uh, while he sits back, while, while he sits back and focuses mm-hmm. on the interview, mm-hmm. we're handling the technology to the live stream, uploading the podcast, doing all the things necessary to help him build mm-hmm. visibility for this particular program of his. That's great. You're his support staff in ways that are really, you've got your expertise and he doesn't need to know how to do that. He doesn't need to fill up his his own bandwidth right in his brain on how do I do, you know, a live stream or should I use StreamYard or what kind of mic, you know, he's got his his stuff to do. And all we ask him to do is schedule his guest. Uh, which apparently in that field is the most difficult thing uh, you can imagine (laughs) because we have they're they're constantly changing their schedules. uh, Mm -hmm. But then all of them, because they are uh, professors and in, in this most recent case, uh, department heads at the University of New Mexico, they're familiar with the con- concept of video conferencing. So they have lighting. Generally, they have good lighting, good audio equipment. They're using their computer and their internet because they've been doing that for, it, it, you know, if nothing else, at least the last year and a half. I see. And, and, so that's, and that's had very a great common. impact. Yes, I see. Yeah. 
So he just schedules them. Uh, we all show up at the same time. We let him know how it's going to flow, how the guest uh, to how to the guest, how it's going to flow. Shelley does the intros and outros, and then we turn it over to him. And you don't actually see us on screen. It's just the two of them. So mm-hmm. um, it makes that an easy transition. That sounds like a podcasting dream to me. I love the <laughs> idea of that. <laughs> well, and, and he's doing it the way we recommend. He starts with the live stream. And then at the end of the live stream, we download the audio and upload it into a podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, it's very similar to what you're doing, except it starts with uh, a with live video. stream. Yep, yeah. yep. I I understand. So you're you're really making the most out of the content. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to announce that my book is finally available for purchase on Amazon and my website, ZestfulAging.com. It's called Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer. And it's written for people interested in starting a podcast or for those already podcasting who want to stand out from the 2 million podcasts that are already out there. So please pass this along to anyone you know who could benefit from my 30 years experience as a psychotherapist and over 250 podcast interviews. Thanks so much. And then there's a whole question. I don't know whether we want to get into this. And what if you have a strong idea, well, you may if you're doing a live stream. But as you know, there's differences of opinions about just using audio like Ira Glass talks about. I, I don't want to see the person. I want it to be in the audience's imagination. And that's very rich and valuable. And other people are saying, you got to do video because that's where everything's headed. So I'm going to, Shelly and I just had a big conversation about this last night uh, because we're going to incorporate it in uh, the advice we give to our clients. Why don't you take that part of it and then let's go from there to uh, the value of leveraging that content. Okay. Uh, So what we did was we basically did a search through YouTube of podcasters and there's a variety of podcasters on YouTube. Some do their only audio only and then just put it up on YouTube as audio only with a picture on the screen. But mm-hmm. a lot of them, a lot of the really big, well-known ones are shooting the video of the production of their podcast so mm-hmm. that people can, if they choose, see their face, get to mm-hmm. know them and feel mm-hmm. like they're part of it. Plus, mm-hmm. when you're doing it as a live stream, you allow the audience to interact with you yeah, in that okay. uh, moment. They can send in questions. Uh, they can mm-hmm, make comments mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. let you know um, how they're feeling about what you're saying. And uh, the next step, of course, once you've done that, it's an upload to your podcast, which is a different form of promotion, a different kind of viewer. You're not going to download a, di- a live stream and listen to it on your workout or walking mm-hmm. your dog. Mm-hmm. You can do that with a podcast. And I agree with you and Ira that uh, that uh, podcast has a very distinct place in how those of us who consume content consume the podcast. I listen to podcasts when I'm driving and when I'm working out. Mm 
And um, and I do the same with Audible books, actually. But the, that's a very different purpose. The advantage of going to live stream first is that it collects the content. It gives you that live stream. I was looking at when Shelly and I were doing this last night, we basically did a search for podcasters. And uh, it came up with a list. And the number of viewers ranged on podcasters that I didn't know had YouTube channels, but it ranged from the low hundred thousands to the high ten, uh, tens of millions. Mm-hmm. So, so they're building a different kind of audience on YouTube uh, that they are on podcasting. Mm-hmm. One of the people I listen to is uh, Michael Cohen, uh, former associate uh, of uh, of uh, the Donald Trump administration, and I couldn't see him on. Uh, I don't see how he could be successful on a YouTube channel. The animation in his voice is so strong that for me, it could only make a podcast. But at the same time, you look at these folks that are, and there's nothing special about them. It's not the handsome and beautiful people that are doing a live stream. (laughs) There are average Joes like me who are comfortable with who they are and have wonderful guests uh, to have conversations with. And so they they start with live streaming. And, And I think it's becoming... I, I don't know, Shelly and I, uh, Shelly and I have tried to figure out if this is a real trend. We recommend it start with live stream because it's so easy to go from so live easy. stream to podcast to blog to blog post. I see. I see. Um, but but I'm, I'm starting to feel like and, and, and this is with Shelly's advice that there may be a trend in doing it in that way. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more popular. Were, mm-hmm. Yes, that is for sure. That is for sure. And these plays, these, uh, um, they're what do you call it? Social audio. What What's the mm-hmm. term? Like um, a clubhouse. They're called social clubhouse, audio. Clubhouse and all of these, they're just popping up constantly. Mm-hmm. I'm being invited. Oh, do you want to be on the ground floor of this new clubhouse like thing? <laughs> so, yeah, we yeah, actually, it's interesting. We actually did a show um, a couple of weeks ago about the options when it comes to it. And you know, if there's companies like Spotify making investment yep. in their green yep. room, uh, Anchor yes. FM now has the preset. And uh, so it's becoming, you know, it's it's an interesting model. It's a real-time model. They're not, they, most of them don't allow you, well, no, I'm sorry. It's not that they don't allow. They don't suggest you record it but it would be real easy to have a, a room full of people in a conversation if mm-hmm. you can record it, if you let them know it's being recorded, if the individuals have options whether to participate or not. Uh, and so you make a notation that it's being recorded. That becomes a darned interesting group conversation podcast, uh, depending on the topic, you know. Well, let me ask you this question, Toby, because we really got into this, both of uh, both you and I, and, and I'm sure Shelly, too. I mean, we love interviewing people. Um, mm-hmm. And we talked about just how much, how satisfying and, and enriching it is. What are your thoughts about being an interviewer on something that's live streamed versus something like this, where I can't see you, I have some ideas what I'd like to cover with you. I, in a sense, have more control over the interview. What, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about 
your role as an interviewer and how that might be different um, and what, what, what challenges might come up? Let me take that one and then I'm going to turn it over to Shelley because I think uh, some of our opinions are the same, but others are different. So my uh, interviewing experience comes from my documentary making experience of over 35 years, mm -hmm. uh, where my interviews were always face to face. There was mm -hmm. no, you know, you're in locations where there are no telecommunications. It's face to face. You're recording them uh, so that you can incorporate them into the documentary. And I loved that. One of I, I had several heroes uh, in my career. One of them was Edward R. Murrow, and I loved mm -hmm. his interview style. My, I used mm -hmm. to watch him with my father. Another one was Studs Terkel, who made a mm -hmm. complete career out of on-the-street uh, interviews. So I loved that. I've always loved that face-to-face -face interview. On the other hand, I had an uncle that taught me radio. And those were not face-to-face -face interviews. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, mm -hmm. they'll have them in. And so I experienced the both of them. And it, it, where, from, where, uh, from my perspective, I love the face-to-face -face contact with the subject. And now that we have this kind of technology that provides such an easy set of tools to be able to do that, uh, I, I, I love being in our studio and talking to a person that's on the East Coast and seeing their reaction to the conversation. Mm. I love the face-to-face. Mm. -face. Uh, I see. Well, I, I agree about face-to-face. -face. Um, of course, I've done it all, all different ways as well. Mm -hmm. We've done a lot of live streaming mm -hmm. events uh, where I do interviews with business owners, and uh, I would do up to 20, 25 at one event. Uh, in that can be uh, made easier because it's usually the same set of questions for everybody. Just tell us about your business and who you are mm -hmm. and what you do and who you help. And that's a, a you know a set of questions that you use every time. I think with between uh, what we're doing right now with the podcast type of interview where it's voice only and the visual one, uh, the visual one you can of course get more visual cues from your mm -hmm. guest but mm -hmm. you also have to be very mindful about looking into the camera and sometimes you can't look at your guest and the camera at the same time so it can be uh, a lot going on it can be somewhat distracting so that you can't focus as much on what your guest is saying and, mm -hmm. and we have the benefit in our case of being in the same studio. Uh, I'm effectively the designated technical director. So I'm handling all the switching, both audio and video, while Shelley maintains the, the tempo of the interview. And then I insert my questions. You'll see it in the interview that we did with you. I'll insert my questions uh, as I get the opportunity. I'm not having to deal with the technology. So mm -hmm. uh, there is some benefit to the two of us being together uh, at the same time. It may not Tags be... for tag teaming. <laughs> right, exactly. Now, I've gotten to the point where I can operate and conduct and operate every, all the technical uh, equipment uh, and conduct an interview at uh, the same time, but that's not always true uh, for everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's so many of these things, and I think people don't really realize how much thought 
goes into these things, you know, how intentional this is. And it sounds like, you know, you guys are so great at researching the best possible way to do this with the least amount of stress. And you're really focusing on people who just want to get their idea out there. They don't want to be learning every single thing. That's what they're, that's what you're helping that, them do. It's a, it's a well, real service. Well, well, we also read your uh, great book on uh, podcast interviewing, oh, so that's been a big thank, help. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank That's very kind. I'm sure you could write many books on podcast interviewing because I think you told, what did you, you've done 15,000 or something? Some it, quote, uh, 200 documentaries and thousands, <laughs> tens of thousands of interviews. So, so my yeah. little, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many clients I've interviewed over 30 years but it's not it's not like that um and yeah and, we definitely yeah i think you have to like interviewing not everyone is comfortable mm -hmm. with it mm -hmm. not everyone is good at it so you have to be comfortable with it and you have to be good at it and mm -hmm. the only way to get good at it is to get comfortable with it. it's a it's kind of it's a a funny little process where at first it's hard for you to uh, uh, to maintain the tempo of the interview. In the documentary making course uh, I teach, there's actually uh, two whole classes uh, dedicated to the process of interviewing, how you conduct an interview. So, You know, and I don't know if, if you saw this in my book, but um, as people... Uh, start their own podcast so you know i suggest that they that they look at other interviewers and it starts getting really interesting when some of these big famous interviewers you know are cutting their guests off mm. or talking over them and you're like no what are you doing um or leaving some really important stuff to, mm -hmm. to change subjects abruptly and I've noticed that and I you know I really cringe like no no she's got tears in her eyes stay there mm -hmm. stare that's the <laughs> stuff you know so it's it, uh, it's it's harder than it looks uh it's it's funny because one of the things that I got that, that you mentioned that one of the things that I got really good at was realizing that I had just poked a, an emotional balloon mm. and uh, trying to figure out where, where do I want to go from here? Is mm -hmm. it worth pursuing or do I let it go? Mm -hmm. And it's, a, it's an interview skill that you have to develop one way or the other because it's a great opportunity to take the interview in a way that's going to affect uh, the viewers, you know, uh, in, in a way that they might not have expected. Well, and you as a therapist, uh, you as a therapist, Nicole, you have a lot of experience dealing with people who become emotional. So you are aware that, that it's important to stay in that moment with them. Uh, some people just become so, uh, they feel so awkward and out mm -hmm. of place and they don't know what to do with themselves and they get a little scared of the emotion and mm -hmm. uh, how to handle it, that they just back away from it immediately. So yeah, I think that's a good uh, point. It's not be. everybody's forte, right? I mean, mm -hmm. right. my husband right. teases me and says, oh, did you make your guest cry? And I think, oh, uh, that's not really my goal, but it does seem to happen quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that's, you know, I, I'm sure we would agree that you can't just report facts because that's not very interesting. You really no. want to get yeah. to people's motivations and what makes them who they are and um, 
Yeah, that's the, that's the good stuff. So, well, I, I love talking about this with you because you, you know, there are not that many people <laughs> you could talk about the, you know, the art and the, and the joy of interviewing who really appreciate um, all the, the parts of it and the subtleties and how I think we keep learning and growing as interviewers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we agree. We, uh, for us, it, it, it's no longer a, a challenge. Uh, it's become a pleasure. You know, it's not a struggle. It's we look forward to the opportunity, whether we're interviewing someone or someone is interviewing us. We we just um, we're we're uh, if you I, I know we're getting close to the end here, but I was going to tell you that we're going to a conference on podcasting for women in October, and our plan yeah. is to take our equipment with us, conduct as many interviews of these women as possible, and then yeah. put them you know their podcasters so they know what's going to happen. But we also think it would make an excellent uh, an excellent book uh, as a helpful way for women uh, to get into podcasting. What a great idea. And I think you're talking about She Podcasts, mm -hmm. which yes, is going to be in Arizona um, and, uh, and, and a lovely um, co-hosts and going to do a beautiful job. And so I'm glad that you're going to be going there. I think it, I'd be really curious to hear what your experience is. And I love your book idea. And if there's anything I can contribute to it, please let me know. It sounds brilliant. And I'm, I, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but there's some brand new kind of inaug inaugural awards now just for women podcasters. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's, it's really sort of seen to sort of raise the voices of women because still there are more men uh, podcasting than women, if I'm if my facts are correct. It, so, your facts are correct. Oh, thank you. So Toby and Shelley, tell our audience where they can find you. I know you've got some great stuff. Uh, there's some freebies you have. You're so good at providing different resources for people who are like, I have a great idea, but I don't know how to get it out in the online world. Where can they find you? Absolutely. So uh, we have a short, uh, to the point, small course that people can take. It's really, it explains everything that we do and why we do it and how we do it and how they can do it as well. And they can find that at agkmedia.studio. Okay. If they are already a podcaster or running an uh, uh, encore entrepreneur business, and they would like to interview with us on our show as you did, they can go to journey.agkmedia.studio. And there is uh, that pathway there that they can uh, mm -hmm. understand what it is that we'll be doing together. And uh, the they can fill out the little application and uh, schedule the interview there. So uh, that's, that's our best uh, places to go. And then if you want to find out more about Shelly um, and or I, you can go to ShellyCarney.com mm -hmm. or you can go to TUnis.com and uh, they, they have our biographic sketches there. That is wonderful. Well, um, I have thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you today. My 
peep my peeps who know <laughs> who, who know what what it's like and what the joys are and sometimes the frustrations and um, you do such helpful work I love that you're helping encore entrepreneurs because boy it's it's kind of a wild world out there and it can be very frustrating and distracting and you guys really boil it down nicely and um, I, I just very much appreciate uh, what you bring Thank, well, thank you. you. That's very nice of you to say. We appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on your podcast with you, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Uh, we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long exploratory, you know, super in-depth, uh, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. Mm -hmm.